Hello and welcome to another episode of a German and an Aussie review a movie. And already we're going a bit rogue because we're not actually reviewing a movie as such. It's more like a documentary film. Now, Gregor and I are quite politically aware and up on, you know, current events. So I put forward that we should look at the new Pamela Anderson <laughs> doco, which is called Pamela, A Love Story. It was yeah. either that or a documentary about Chinese political history. And uh, I think Pamela is definitely more politically relevant now. So good choice, Jared. Well, she is an activist. She was one of the original activists. But anyway, we'll get into that a bit later. The reason I chose this was I don't have a particular interest in Pamela Anderson. And I was a little bit too old when she was knocking around to really care about it. But of course, I was aware of her, you know, her sex tape. And, and I saw a couple of episodes of Baywatch. She wasn't really a, on my radar. But she was definitely a huge personality at the time. I had about four or five people that I knew, all women, who said it was fantastic and it was really good and they were surprised how much they enjoyed it. So I thought, look, it's not something I would normally, I'd probably end up watching it, but, you know, while I was cooking dinner or, you know, something like that, like that sort of show. But I thought, no, I'll suggest this one and nothing else really appealed to me, even though we are heading into Oscar season, as Greg all keeps telling me. I picked this one just as a curiosity and I've got to say... <laughs> I wasn't that crazy about it. I thought it was a giant promo to promote her book, which has also come up. What did you think, Gregor? What's your, in a nutshell, how did you feel about reviewing this one and watching it? I want to quote my friends with whom I watched a Oscar movie yesterday. When I told them we're going to talk about Pamela today, they were like, oh, I thought you're like a podcast that talks about classy movies or interesting movies. <laughs> And I was like, you don't know Jared. But, uh, <laughs> He's a classy <laughs> guy. <laughs> they obviously won't listen to the episode where you recommended the um, Playboy Bunny podcast. What was the title again? Girls Next Level. I have to say I'm still really enjoying that podcast too. Shocks aside, when I brought myself to watching it, um, it's very long. I think I watched it in two days because it's like two hours. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. Are getting long, but I uh, felt more touched than I expected. Uh, it was uh, quite moving in some parts. Um, maybe it helped. Expectations were low, but Jesus, I, I almost felt little uh, water in my eyes, little pee pee coming. <laughs> Who else but a German would describe it like that? <laughs> <laughs> She had a quite moving life already, so it was maybe easy to to bring out some moving stories. But I was comparing it in the beginning to the other doku we watched in Australia, which you got me to, the Paris Hilton doku. That is a whole nother level. And uh, Pamela Anderson, she really has to tell something. And I felt that Paris Hilton doku was just so planned and uh, unnecessary and probably 30 years too soon uh, in comparison. So you, you were the opposite, I guess, Jared. Your expectations were high and you felt a little let down. Was it too one-sided to promo-y for you or what was bothering you? You know, she's going to skew it pro-Pamela. And just by watching it, there were huge gaps in it. Like, obviously, there was no actual interviews with Tommy Lee, which I thought would have been really interesting if they could have brought him in. But obviously, you know, they're a bit estranged, so it's, he's not some, and he might not want to be involved in something like that. What I did really like about it is that she literally is, she's not, as they say, a Nepo baby in any way. She just started off as a, a local beer model. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it is pretty amazing that in Canada, she was just caught on camera at a, 
football at a hockey game or a football game or something. And then her career just went from there. And she literally made it as a pretty blonde. That you know, is like that's, so, that's, yeah. You know, that's her that's career. That's so uncommon now. Yeah. She was not even like a Disney star pushed by her parents like Britney um, no, Spears. And of course, there weren't any influencers back then. So, uh, yeah, it's true. That was like uh, one of the most fascinating parts of it. Like you say, the, she's that... She's that country girl from Canada going to like a football game, being discovered. And for me, it was interesting to see like um, pictures from Pamela Anderson at that time, like late 80s, because that was definitely before my time. And um, I have to say, she she really she really had something. She had a, such a glow, such a star power, like this whole beautiful girl next door vibe that was definitely true like uh, completely made sense that she was discovered in my opinion interesting how i thought it was interesting how that she literally didn't plan things playboy wanted her to you know like come over and pose and so she said yeah sure you know what i mean like she and then from there you know she got a few sort of modely type gigs but she was not really a model as such she wasn't tall enough or beautiful enough to be like a a European model, say, or a supermodel. But, you know, she was very, very pretty. And then, you yeah, know, she, she was gets, that girl next door. Yeah, and then so. she gets picked up by Baywatch and then, you know, she gets her boobs done and she goes very blonde and she starts wearing a lot of makeup. And she basically had a real look of the 90s that still exists in a certain form today. That look is still around. She's really set a precedent, a hypersexual sort of look. You could yeah. argue that she is like a predecessor of the whole Kim Kardashian, um, yeah, Paris Hilton, what followed afterwards. What was interesting too is how, I mean, I think most people listening to the podcast will know, but basically a sex tape came out, which I saw. I have a little story about that sex tape too. At that stage, my father was still alive. I was at university, so it was a big, of course, everyone saw the sex tape. And my father and I were watching the news and it came on and I said, oh, you know, I've seen that sex tape. And my father actually had a go at me about it and said, I can't believe that you would do that, degrade that woman in that way by watching it and to be ashamed of yourself. And it actually made me think twice about it. At the time, I just considered it a big laugh. And it's quite boring when you actually watch it. There's a couple of funny moments in it, but it's pretty, you know, it's just two people with handy cams for like 35 minutes. It's not very interesting. I I remember watching it when I, first of all, wasn't aware of that whole situation that it got stolen and everything. And it was like at the time where you started consuming online porn as a teenager. And I remember like I was like super disappointed. <laughs> I was like, what? That's it. That's the sad truth. If you're seeing hardcore porn on the internet, it's like, yeah, nothing. Like there's some funny bits in it where he's driving the buttons on the boat with his willy. I thought that was funny. To me, they were the better moments in it. The sexual moments were pretty revolting, really. But the funny things they were doing as a couple, I thought were, were more interesting. Yeah, so my father had a go at me about it. And it really made me think about the morality of his generation and my generation. And now it's a different morality. All He was like quite appalled that I had seen it. I think also that it was stolen was really interesting and in how she made no money because at the time I just assumed yeah. she made something out of it. And I didn't realise that she was pregnant during court cases and they had miscarriages. And it was an interesting thing because I think it pointed to a time when the internet was starting, porn was getting more advanced and also celebrity with start they were all intersecting all those things and it just happened Paparazzi. to be her yeah it just happened to be her that was chosen by fate to be the representative of all these things of all these changes happening now you almost expect 
celebrities. You know, there'll be nudity and Instagram and lots of scantily clad photos and things like that and sexual innuendos and talking about their sexuality and private things. Whereas then it was a real, you, you know, they were quite remote, you know, like a Playboy model, you didn't know anything about her. You just knew what she looked like. And, and that's another thing I thought was reasonably interesting too, that she did a lot of this. She's an older woman. She's in her 50s now and she did it without makeup. And for an American, that's a pretty big thing. Because Yeah, um, I, I like that. So the, the, it basically starts out with her without makeup sitting there and you're like, it takes a few minutes to, uh, to, to swallow it all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, she looked more vulnerable in a, in, in a positive way, I found. more yeah, So it yeah, made, made sense for the topic, yeah. For me, it, it feels a little bit like she still remains a lot of that young teenager energy through, I guess, through all out of her life. And that may be what makes the this doku more interesting than, for example, Paris Hilton or someone else who, who seems more calculated. Whereas, of course, it's also calculated. Like you say, she's, she's bringing out her own novel. It's probably produced by her as well, or at least it's basically she's the only narrator of the of the documentary. But it uh, still feels more earnest, more vulnerable, more naive in a way, but in a positive way. Uh, I like that part. And that, that, and that fits well with the no makeup uh, scenes, basically. It does have like a little bit of a story to it for those who watch. Like they talk about her career and how basically the sex tape ended her career. But I would argue I think her career was on the slide about that time anyway. Like Baywatch was coming to an end. She was getting a bit older. You could only sell that sex kitten thing for so long. And then she did that show. I don't remember if it was called VIP where she played as a private investigator. It was actually pretty good. I thought it was pretty funny. No, I forgot it until you mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, I actually thought she was better in that than in... But I don't think she was anyone who was ever going to go on to a movie career. I don't think she was that sort of actress. I mean, you were more in that time, but I feel like the sex tape derailed her private life and was terrible happening to her on, oh, a, yeah. on a private level. But on a professional level, I'm not sure if it would have changed anything. But you did cop a fair caning for it, I have to say. I also thought she'd set it up to say that you know, she left the relationship because Tommy was abusive and all this sort of stuff. And she, her biggest concern was her children and her boys. But then, you know, which is a good thing, she should leave in that situation if she felt she was under physical threat. I thought that was, you know, quite a good thing to do. But then, you know, she's got these little boys and then she marries another four different guys and brings their husband into the house, which I'm sure was very unsettling for the boys. You know what I mean? So I'm not quite sure how unselfish she was about it all, but she seemed to have a good relationship with the boys. It was quite interesting because you see footage of Tommy Lee when he was young and he was pretty nuts, like pretty crazy. Yeah, and the boys yeah. were just kind of like, they just seemed like normal American yeah. young men. You know what I mean? Like they, they said they weren't like their father. They weren't covered in tats and, you know, like running around in their underpants and all that sort of stuff. Like they seem pretty normal sort of guy. I find the um, the scenes where the boys talk are quite heartwarming. I mean, of course, they were only born during all these crazy times or so they don't really have at like uh, much of an interesting perspective to to the um, 90s and all of that. But uh, I, I felt like uh, they said quite some, some cute things, for example, uh, when they watched the tape and then one of them says, like, it just seems like my parents were like the fucking craziest people in the world at that time. She also touches on that miniseries that was made a couple of years ago about them. 
and the sex tape. Did you watch that? I watched a couple of episodes. I was thinking afterwards, maybe I should give it a, a watch. Okay, but maybe for our listeners, we should say the, the show is called uh, Pam and Tommy. And uh, it made quite a fuss about a year ago, I would say, because it's basically a retelling of the whole Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee sex tapes, uh, sex tape scandal. Uh, it also stars Seth Rogen as one of the guys dealing the sex tape and some yeah, mightily famous actors, I would say. Um, yeah, but it's it's on Disney Plus if anyone wants to watch it. But you you didn't really care about it much. After I watched a couple of episodes and I don't know. I just never never hooked me in. You know what I mean? Like like you watch it and you think, wow, she really does look a bit like Pamela Anderson, like the lead actress and stuff like that. And he does look a little bit like Tommy Lee, though he's very short. That's one thing that they didn't. Yeah. Through. And you'd see them together, yeah, you think, no, Tommy Lee's notorious for being really tall. It was a lot talked about because the main actress, she did a huge transformation to look like pants. That I found quite impressive, yeah. It just didn't seem to grab me. And they touched on the reason the two guys that steal the sex tape are workers and they're really poor. And they make out that Tommy basically kicked them out and wouldn't pay them. So that's why they stole the safe to get the money. And then they found the sex tape. But is that actually true? That's because not actually the true. You know, they still don't know who, who stole it, right? Yeah, they still don't know who stole it, like who actually stole it. I thought it was pretty good of her that she just didn't want to pursue it anymore. Like she could probably find out if you really went into it, but she said, I just have to, it's already out there. She had a very, well, that's what happened and I just don't want to keep going back to it. Because I suppose for her it is a long time ago as well. It's a long time ago for everybody. Yeah. No, um, overall, I definitely felt like I got a more nuanced picture of Pamela Anderson and I feel like I understand her a bit better and feel quite some sympathy to her afterwards of course in a way it's manipulative but uh, I think she presents very often very earnest and very straight from the heart she did sort of I thought it was interesting too at the end where she touches on being alone not knowing what she's going to do because often those sort of you know Hollywood sex bomb type end up alone pretty common they're really desired and just the ones that i can think of that come to mind you've got like raquel welsh you know she was huge in the 60s and 70s she's a like bridget bardot if you're going right back more recent ones you've got say like madonna who was constantly pushing sex and she's ended up alone and I mean, she's got kids and everything i'm not saying it's a bad thing but it's just interesting that despite them being hugely desired women during their time they just end up with nobody. You'd think they might end up with somebody. And and even she seemed, she said she was surprised about it, that she's alone. You know what I mean? Like, she was like, well, yeah. I didn't think this would be this way, you know. And she also didn't know what she was going to do next with her career. But I think that's, I did, wasn't so moved by that because that's every actor's life. It's not like, you know, in my job, I know what I'm going to be doing next year if I stay in my job. You're an actor or an actress, then you don't really know what you're going to be doing. But she had that, yeah. you know, like, that sort of Canadian slash American thing where the next, you know, the next thing could be awesome. I don't know how much you followed Pamela Anderson in recent years. I personally didn't so much, uh, to be fair. I think she was definitely before my time overall. Uh, but uh, I was a bit uh, surprised to hear how often she was married. Jesus Christ. And then she literally is like starting off the documentary. She just married this rural Canadian guy. And then, like, end of the documentary, one year later, they are divorced. Like, holy moly. What happened? In six yeah. months in, did she go, oh, it's not working? You know what I mean? Like, there's that would be... be too stressful for me. Yeah, it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, even after, after a year, you need to file papers again. It's like, yeah, 
let's maybe live separated for some years and then and then divorce. Oh, didn't you think her choice of men, well, particularly Tommy Lee, was so much like her father? Oh yeah, yeah, that was interesting. The, the he even looked story. like her father. That is also like sometimes maybe it's her naive and joyful kind, but sometimes she covered quite sad stories in like a joyful manner. But in the end, you think like. Wow, her father was basically treating her mother shitty all the time and they stayed together till the end. And now she's basically choosing men a little bit after the hype of her dad. And she also said that, you know, they'd been her and her parents had been through this really rough relationship. But now at the end of, you know, they're in their older years, that it's great because they'd stayed together during that rough time. And maybe she should have done that. There's something melancholy about it. It's not your typical. Yeah. It is a bit American, you know, when she goes to, Broadway and does that stint for two months and it's a big hit and she loses heaps of weight and looks more like Pamela Anderson again and stuff like that. That was yeah. the American side of it, I felt, you know, like the, the show must go on and, you know, she's a yeah. trooper. And, but, but at I the same time, cool. they had that sort of reflective bit at the end where she spoke about relationships and I thought that was very un-American. It was a little bit down, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I forgot what I wanted to say because a poster just fell off the wall behind me. Sort of poster yeah, of Pamela Anderson from Baywatch. I bet it was. Yes, and my Pamela Anderson Baywatch poster just fell at the wall. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, everyone, is there some noise in the background? It's definitely a bit too long overall. It's like two oh, hours. Yeah. I mean, and the part they could have easily cut out or showed much less of is the move into the present, so which takes off like half, the last half an hour of the whole doco. is where they show her preparation for a new musical and everything. And this really felt like. You spent more time on that than it feels like on the 90s. I mean, come on. Good for her that she's moving on and everything, but you must know that no one really cares about uh, whether you're like in some Broadway musical now. For two moms. <laughs> but I do have one Six Degrees of Separation Pamela Anderson story, of course. Uh... She actually came and did some sort of promo in Sydney and they naturally took her down to a beach and had a, you know, like pose with a bunch of, you know, hunky lifeguards, Aussie lifeguards and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, a friend of my friend was one of those. Bondi Rescue, mate. I don't think it was Bondi Rescue. I think it might have been Manly, but I don't think Bondi was that big at that point. I could be wrong. He said that, you know, she came to their club on the beach and when they set the photos up and everything, like she came and she did the whole Pam thing where she was all, you know, like pouty and sexy and booby and all that sort of stuff. But he said, interestingly enough, when the camera and everything went away, she actually stuck around for a while and was asking them about their jobs and comparing, saying, oh, you know, you know, in, you know, like L.A., we have to, you know, they had to stick by the rules generally for how they would save people. And, so, and she was apparently quite chatty and quite interested on, you know, the differences and, and how they run an actual life-saving unit. And he actually said that she seemed, he said it was quite a big difference once the camera went away. She just oh, was nice. quite normal. You know, she wasn't all sexy and pouty and everything. She was just like, oh, do you do this, do that? And he said she seemed really lonely. I always remember that. You know, like she had a lot of people around her, but she didn't really have anyone to chat to. I mean, I know I'm no psychologist, but if you've been married 12 times or whatever, it uh, feels a little bit like there's a loneliness inside you're trying to fill. Just my kitchen psychology take on that. But well, uh, I think she seems... You know, Fairly accurate. I just like think she likes being alone. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Some people are like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It's a, and some people are like you, Jared, to die under the porch. Die under the porch or in the shower. <laughs>
You never know. I might get discovered by Playgirl, Gregor. You just never know. There's a whole discussion to be had about uh, that whole Playboy exploit exploitative industry. I like with Hef was a great guy. I watched an interview with her after this, and he was a, a great gentleman. And she had nothing but positive things to say about the whole Playboy Mansion experience. There we go. What I like about her that she always has a very positive attitude, and she went through it well. And that might well be true. And uh, it's also not uh, maybe the right documentary to talk about the whole um, sexual exploitive industry. But what I was referring to, even with Pam, was that it feels like she didn't get as much money out of it as she would have deserved. With and they and they briefly touched on that that with all the magazines and and uh, videos, even and all of that, they did videos from the shootings and sold it Playboy and it feels like yeah i don't know well, i think today hopefully the contracts would be different and she would get like a shit ton of money out of that because i mean she basically was playboy for like a, a couple of years yeah for a while there she was too do you remember a few years ago the playboy decided they weren't having any nudes do you remember that yeah right that and was, she was uh, she was move. on the last ep- she was in the last issue uh-huh. but then they started putting them in again yeah. <laughs> that didn't yeah, last I mean, for too long I, you're you're the, the you have no Playboy expert anyway, so we can. You, I'm sure there will be a Jared investigative uh, doku coming out about Playboy Mansion soon. Like the Playboy Mansion's been sold and is being renovated at the moment, so might that be a, a property for you to invest as well? Well, with Australian interest rates going up, I'm having enough trouble with the properties I've got. So we need this podcast to take off and become an international success, and then we get a Joe Rogan style Spotify deal. That would be nice. And we can record from the Playboy Mansions. Well, the renovated Playboy Mansions doesn't exist anymore, but we could have the, you know, Holly and Bridget from the Girls Next Door could be special guests. Oh, God. Actually, we could could review the house bunny. There we go. Anyway, this this podcast is really going downhill. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is really going downhill, even by my low standards. So how many standards would you give this I'd give it odd two and a half. It's a good watch, but do something else while you're watching it. I would say, look, if you're invested in Pamela Anderson, you're going to have a really good time. I would give it like seven. Um, uh, sorry, I would give it like three from five Sterne, three out of five stars. Uh, if you're not too invested in Pam, it's probably a two and a half watch. Uh, I, I definitely learned something about the 90s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... We'll probably try and get back on track a bit more with real movies rather than docos this time. So Gregor will be picking the next one, so we'll look forward to that. I don't really know what else to say. Let's walk slow-mo into the beach, uh, into the sea. Into the beach, yes. Well, I do go to the beach every morning. I run along the beach, Gregor, so I think we'll end on that visual for you. (laughs) I'm jealous now. (laughs) <laughs> it is really lovely, I have to say. Not so much me running along the beach, but me going to the beach in the morning is very nice. And um, But I've worked out you have to stay in the water for 20 minutes to get the feeling that you're really relaxing into the water. Because normally, you know, you go and you splash around a bit, then you come out. And you go back in, you splash around a bit, then you come out. I, well, that's what I do. I've worked out you actually have to stay in there. And once you get to about the 15-minute mark, it gets really relaxing and you... Like it's like your body accommodates to being in water and it being a bit cold and getting chambered by waves and everything like that. It's actually really quite semi-meditative. So you, you've reached the uh, David Hasselhoff body now, but his body now. <laughs> Probably the body he has now, I would have reached. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Not the one he had then. 
Here you have some uh, life lessons from our Gen X Geraldo. <laughs> okay, well, we better sign off now. This has been a terrible podcast. Guten Tag.